Welcome to today's Dating Test Labs podcast. Each Tuesday, we bring you our best tested and proven methods for flirting, connecting, and finding that perfect partner. Dating coach Jonathan Green has sold over 100,000 copies of his dating books for men and women. Matt Cook has helped over 37,000 men build their confidence and performance with women. And here they are, Matt and Jonathan. Once you start the actual event, most people don't know what to say. How do you show someone how amazing you are in two or three minutes? And there's a bell ringing and there's all this pressure and it's your one shot and the girl's so beautiful. If you don't have a strategy, you don't have time to think of one. That's the other kind of mistake guys make is like, oh, I'll think of something. I'll think of something is not a very good strategy because there's not time. There's no time to think about it because you're like, oh, I'm just going to have a drink and relax. And maybe once I've had a drink, I'm not nervous anymore. And then it's suddenly the moment and you run out of things to say or even worse. At some of the events, people are so – they just so struggle with basic conversation that they give them rules or they give them topics. They say, ask these three questions. Yeah. And I've been – that happens even more to me, at least when I go to like uh, business events. And they kind of make all these rules for asking someone about their business or their job. And it's always – horrible conversation they force you they're for nervous people they're for nervous people for a crutch for nervous people which is fine but they're not the best thing to be saying right exactly it's better to go in with your own set of things so what i like to do is break the rules and just the fact that you're a rule breaker people act like you're a rebel without a cause just because you're not asking the official questions and that's not really you're not being that much of a rebel but because people are so caught up (laughs) in the rules you know i'm gonna ask my own (laughs) questions what they give us these cards and you get all the points for being a bad boy without doing anything bad, right? You're not breaking any real rules. You're just not asking bad questions. <laughs> because right. here's the thing. They give you the card with the questions. Guess what every other guy is going to ask? The same questions. So you're the only one who stands out. So there's a couple of things that are really important about speed dating. The first is there's been some really cool studies on speed dating. I'm really a big fan of science. And one of the things that they tested, they took two groups of speed daters. And they give them three minutes of conversation, just like normal speed dating. One group, the uh, control group, did regular conversations. But the other group did 30 seconds of staring in each other's eyes first. And then had mm-hmm. two and a half minutes of conversation. And they had matches three times as much as the other group. Oh, my gosh. Eye gazing is like the most amazing thing. It's just there's nothing like eye gazing. And you're talking about 30 seconds, right? I heard you. It says yeah, 30, so 30 seconds. 30 seconds beat. 30 seconds of talking. So they, even though they got to talk for five sixths as long, they got three times the results. So just anything you can Totally do. not surprised. Now, if you walk up uh, and say that to the girl, by the time you said it, you've taken too long to explain why they need to do eye contact. Uh, if we stare into each other's eyes, you're more likely to be attracted to me. You can't say that. So what you want to do right. is create – and I've talked about this in some of my other things – and this is why I always say it's good to have a load of eye color-based compliments. So you could just say, wow, your eyes are so brown. I just have to stare into them. They make me want to have a donut right now. And what that does is that buys you five to ten seconds of staring, which is going to get you – she's going to stare back into your eyes, and they're there. And you could say something as well. Like you could do a non-secret. Like, you know, people always say eyes are the windows to the soul. Do you think that's true? And that's going to make her look into your eyes, you know, or you think you can judge mm-hmm. a person just by looking into their eyes and then stare into her eyes for five or 10 seconds, you're in. So now you've increased the odds of success 20 to 30%. 
just with the first thing you said. And anything mm-hmm. you do, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. That's why I've given you a couple of ideas, the eye-based contact, the non-sequitur, either of those, uh, the eye-based compliment, either of those two things are really going to make a difference. The next thing that you, you want to do is delete all of your boring questions. By removing bad questions, you leave the room for good questions. Here's Most people ask questions, what do you do for a living? Where did you grow up? Yeah. How many brothers and sisters yeah. do you have? And every time you – what I want you to do, here's how you get really great at speed dating. Instead of me just giving you all the answers, and I'm going to give you a ton, don't worry, is take every question you think you might ask someone on speed dating. Imagine you're on a speed dating thing, and maybe you even need to go to one and record yourself, and then take look at the list and delete everything that's boring. If you just mm-hmm. do that, you can become really interesting. If you remove every question that's like, where do you work? What's your favorite color? Anything that doesn't affect whether or not you date someone is a question that's a waste of time. You want to mm-hmm. ask questions that are effective, and what you want to do is talk about things that are attractive. So you want to talk about what makes you great. So what you want to do is say, what's the best thing about me? So if the best thing about you is that you're a painter or that you love traveling, you want to ask questions so that when she asks the question back, your answer is really great. Like, oh, you know, um, are you artistic at all? Do you like music? What do you, what do you really like to do? How do you express your creativity? And she'll go, oh, I like to do this. What about you? And you can go, oh, well, actually, I'm a painter. Ba 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 bam. I'm attractive, uh, and things like that are really simple, really fun, and really effective. It's not that hard to build attraction if you have strategy. It's only when you go in and you get nervous and you start asking those questions. And one of the things that's important to note is that she'll ask you really boring questions, and then never forgive you for being boring. Then she'll be like, "That guy was so boring." Yeah. And that's unfair, but that's reality. And That's I know, reality. I know women do that to men. Men might also do that to women. Maybe if men ask women boring questions, they do the same thing. I'm not sure about that, but I know that if women do that. So what you do is you have your fun. You kind of talk to all the 20 people. And the other thing, okay, that's kind of our warm-up. Now, the second half of the conversation is usually you, you, know, you answer some questions, you answer some questions, and then you guys both fill out your cards. Yeah. Okay, why do I have to wait to get her phone number? Why do I have to wait for any of those things? One of the things... That's the rules, baby. Yeah. My policy on the rules is I break the rules. Here's something really amazing. Let's say you're talking to... You go there and there's 19, let's say, non-ideal women. And there's one perfect girl, right? She's your second or third match. You're sitting there talking to her and you're in the zone. You do a little staring. You build a rapport. You tell a joke. You ask some cool questions. She's really attracted to you. You get. Are you really going to let 17 other guys hit on her right after you? What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Why, not just say, I, why not just go all in? Either she's interested in you or not, right? If she's looking for something real and you're looking for something real, here's what you say. Let's get out of here. Let's go across the bar and have a drink together right now. I think you're exactly who I came here to meet. I don't need to talk to 17 other women to find out that you're amazing. If you need to talk to 17 other men to be sure that I'm the right one, I have no problem with that because I'm 100% confident that I'm the best guy here for you. So if you need to talk to every guy in here, you know what? Talk to the bartenders, talk to the bouncers, talk to the guy that owns this bar. I want you to talk to everyone in the building and then come back to me because once you've talked to every other guy, you'll realize I'm the best guy in the room. I've said, and when you say that, it comes across as so confident. 
when you go, you can talk to every single, you know, don't just talk to those 17 other guys. Talk to the guy with the bell. Talk to the guy out front. When you say that, you're so confident that she's not going to want to. She doesn't need to because no guy is that confident. She's going to be drawn into that. And then you just walk away from the event and say to the organizer, hey, mission accomplished. I found the perfect woman. Thank you. And you guys walk out and you go have a dinner together. You go have drinks together. You go do something amazing, right? And all because of their great event. You know, and the two of you walk out, everyone's going to be like, that guy's a Jedi. Like, they're all going to be so jealous and impressed with you and all those things. And all you did is something normal that you would have done, except you're following the rules. Now, you might find it a little uh, tough to walk out of an event like that. Or maybe you're the kind of person who's more of a... Who's more of a... Like, I want to talk well, to other women here. you might afraid to miss out. You're saying, yeah. oh, what am I yeah, missing yeah. out? There's that other girl, too. I haven't talked to her yet. Right. So what you can do is just get her number right then. Be like, uh, let's not play games. I like you. You like me. I don't need them. I don't need to wait for some cards to fill out. Why don't you just give me your number now and we'll go out and get a drink later tonight or we'll get a drink this week. Like, let's not play games. That works really well, too, because it's really uh, it's a lower level version of just walking out with her. But it's just as effective because you're saying, look, I like you. You like me. I don't need to wait for them. Uh, to, you know, give me your number or fill out something. Because there's a million... What happens if there's, like, a, a logistical error or they lose one of the cards or whatever? You know, I don't trust someone who's getting paid, like, four fifty an hour to manage that much statistics. They're not going to be paying that much of attention because if they make a mistake, no one ever knows, right? Right. So, so they could mess right. up the match on accident. It's not like it's the SAT computer that's matching up your bubble scores. You know, they don't use a bubble sheet at those things. Then I might feel a little more confident. So... There's no reason to kind of trust in that, and I don't. I trust in myself. And the other thing is that sometimes, you know, a person will pretend to be interested in you, but they're really not, and then your feelings are all hurt when you didn't get the match. I'd rather find out right now. You know, it's like Oscar Wilde says, a true friend stabs you in the front, and I'm a big believer in that. So you know what? I'd rather just ask for the number now, and either it happens or it doesn't. And if she responds with something like, oh, I don't want to break the rules, for me, I'm immediately no longer interested because if someone could be controlled by a rule that like low level, there's really nothing there for me. And that doesn't mean other guys will feel the same way. I mean, there's no, that's a, there's no, no that's, rules about that. That's a personal <laughs> thing. That's where I'm like, um, right. like, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's not like we're, you know, it's not like we're following like police rules. This is like, she might, that woman might make a great girlfriend, wife. Um, it might be exactly what you want. So, I, but I, I understand that. I, I totally get that. Yeah, because I am a bit of a rule breaker. Yeah, and you may not want a rule breaker girlfriend either. Mm-hmm. Necessarily, may not. It's personal taste. Uh, yeah, yeah. You may be want. You may want to be the rule breaker of the couple. You know, sometimes opposites like that are attractive, mm-hmm. <laughs> complementary. Yeah. So uh, that's a great idea. I mean, that's a great idea. You're kind of like kind of hijacking the thing in your favor in a good way. I think that's really cool. It's a really cool idea. Getting their phone number first, uh, even leaving the event with her. Um, it's a great idea. That's wonderful, really. So what if you don't do that? And what if you're deciding you're staying and you're going through the round robin? Let's talk about that a little bit more. You said to eliminate the dumb, well, the boring questions. So how do you know what's boring? And can we talk about some good questions? Yeah. How do we know what's boring? Can we talk about some good questions? What's, what's boring about what do you do? Here's 
um, what I do when I'm looking at a question saying, is it boring or not? I think, will the answer to this question determine whether or not I want to date this person? And if the answer is it doesn't affect that, then I don't want to ask it for a person I'm interviewing for dating. It's kind of like, let's say you're applying for a job as a doctor and the person starts asking plumbing questions. It's a, he's wasting his time and yours. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I see it's it. It's irrelevant. Right. So it's, it's, it's got to be totally relevant. So like your favorite color, what do you do? Isn't necessarily going to be anything to do with whether you want to go out or not. Right. Unless you're into um, color psychology, which I, ha- I did know a woman who was into that once, which is why I know about it, which explains why people that are into yellow are into this and people that are into red into that. Um, if you are into that vibe and you can start talking about that stuff, that's the only – like every rule has its exception. That's the exception. If you go, oh, you're really into blue, that must mean you're really into the ocean. You must feel really connected to dolphins. You know, I'm really into that part of psychology or it's probably mysticism instead of psychology. I'm not sure. So, you know, a little, little bit about the idea. I know there's a few books on it. But as soon as you're talking about that stuff, then you're doing something intriguing, right? You're talking about the unknown and it's attractive again. But otherwise, yeah, questions that are just fat questions or kind of establishing identity questions are not important. What you want to find out is and you want to express is, is this person fun, interesting, and sexual like do they have a sexual presence right like you don't want to find out that they're a robot or that they're smooth like a barbie doll downstairs so you kind of find out if they have a sexual identity if they're and if it's something you're compatible with so that and that a lot of is physical that's just like their appearance and stuff and that's kind of where you get that idea of like am i attracted to this person so you want to Mm -hmm. kind of avoid those questions that um have nothing to do with that right so instead of saying you know, where do you work or how long does you drive to work or what did you go to college? Do you have brothers and sisters? Like, I would, I don't care if the girl I'm dating is the only child has brothers and sisters or was adopted. None of those things matter to me. I do know that sometimes adopted people like to date other adopted people, but it's not really a big thing for me. So I don't ask that. Right. I'm not really looking for that parody. I grew up, I have three sisters. That doesn't affect how I date at all. So I kind no. of don't ask that. I want to ask questions that find out if they're fun. Be like, hey, let me ask you a question. Would you rather break into a museum or rob a bank? You know, like that's a crazy question and it's a lot more fun. That's the kind of question I want to be asking. Um, things that are kind of so unexpected, you kind of get our attention. You could also do things that are super unexpected. Like one of my friends, his move, and it's brilliant. I, I always love uh, when a guy comes up with some innovation, I love sharing it. My buddy Darren's innovation was he'll walk up, he'll be talking to a girl, like, what do you think everyone would do if we just kissed right now? That's the first thing he says. And it's such a shot across the bow. He's expressing attraction. He's saying, I'm a rule breaker. And he's kind of just saying something so, super surprising. And it doesn't matter if the girl uh, kisses him right then or not. She's already interested in him because he's kind of said something really, really cool that no one else is going to say. Because the other 20 guys are going to pretty much have the same conversation over and over and over and over and over and over again. Right. So he just does a state break, you know? Yes, exactly. A pattern interrupt. Or be like, do you think if you and me get married, they're going to want to put our faces on the homepage of the website? Something like <laughs> that, right? Like that's the first thing you could say. Be like, I've always wanted to be one of those people on the eHarmony website. But now that I've met you, I'm starting to think maybe I'm just going to be on this guy's website. Sounds good as eHarmony, but, you know, at least we're on the internet. We'll finally be immortal. Anything like yeah. that is so crazy and a non sequitur, but kind of fun. 
that it's really cool. You know, ask that or ask – I love either-or questions. I'm a big fan. I always talk about that. And you can kind of find out who the person is. You know, sometimes I ask – I'll say something really, really funny, and the person doesn't respond. And I know that we're not a good match because I tell jokes all the time. And I need right. someone who likes my sense of humor. You right. know, the, the jokes I tell around my house, um, 99% of people would think are horrific, and they don't think they're funny. So um, – I have to be with a girl who can either endure my jokes or thinks they're funny. You know, I'll take endure, but I prefer actually enjoys them because a lot of people, they don't think my jokes are funny, you know, when I'm kind of just like doing random stuff. And that's what you want to find is that compatibility. If you have like an edgy sense of humor or if you have a passion for travel or maybe you're like a marathon guy, well, then you need to be with a woman who's kind of into the marathon vibe, right? Like if you're running and you're doing your practice five or 10 mile runs every day and you're doing a marathon once a month. If someone hates running or hates being with a runner, you have a big compatibility issue. Or if you're a hot air balloonist and your girlfriend's afraid of heights, well, then you got to – that's like an issue that could really affect your ability to date. So that's kind of the area you want to drift into is like what are you important? What are you looking for? Like for me, I look for a couple of things as far as compatibility. So let me give you – break that down. My life is all about me being an entrepreneur, traveling. And then my girlfriend really supporting me in the sense that um, I forget appointments. I don't really like thinking about uh, organizing my meals or all those things or going shopping. So I really wanted to be with someone who kind of handles all that stuff and realizes that to me it's really, really important. It's not a lesser job. Like my girlfriend is not a servant. I think of us as a team, and I'm really good at certain parts of business, but I get really distracted. Like if I don't pay attention, sometimes I'll go a day, two days without eating. And I'll be like, why am I so hungry? And people are really surprised because I'm a bigger guy. But that does happen to me. I forget to eat a lot. So all those kind of little things are really important. So I wanted to find someone who was into travel the way I am and really was okay with adapting to that part of my lifestyle. Because I want to be the breadwinner in my relationship. Um, I work from home, and so I want my girlfriend to be home all the time so I don't have to be lonely. Because if I'm dating someone who goes to work all the time and I'm working from home, we're just apart more than I want to be. So I kind of look for those things. So I ask girls questions about traveling, how important their career is, and kind of what their uh, schedule is like. You know, if she's a lawyer and she's working 100 hours a week, I just don't want to be apart from my partner that much. That doesn't make me happy. So that, for me, is an incompatibility. And, you know, if a girl doesn't have a passport or she's never done any traveling, um, those are all, for me, not full deal breakers, but they're a pretty big deal. I look for those things. Because I don't want to be with someone and I fall in love and suddenly I can't I'm – I lose my other loves, like traveling. You know, when I was living in Florida for uh, a year and a half, two years, I had a lot of problems with dating women because they all said they loved traveling, but then they'd all never been on a trip. And every time I would suggest something, they wouldn't want to go or they'd make a reason why they couldn't go. And I said, well, why did you tell me that you loved traveling when we first met? So that's why I asked – I learned to shift my question from do you love traveling to do you have a passport? When was your last trip? Questions like this actually elicit more honesty. Everyone says they like traveling. That doesn't mean anything. You know, everyone, no one hates traveling, but it's always, well, what is your definition of traveling? Is it a weekend away? Is it going to your parents' house for dinner? Is it traveling around the world? Everyone's definition is different. So I look for those levels of compatibility. And Okay, so here, here's another one. Another one is approach to risk, because I think that for a lot of I think that could be a real deal killer. If somebody, if you're an entrepreneur and she's really into like a conservative life and wants to lead that kind of quiet conservative life, that could be a problem, you know? Yeah, that's a really good thing. So that's something that for me is a big deal as an entrepreneur. When I gave up my uh, 
full-time teaching job when that uh, career ended for me, and I kind of, they were, my, my family was so proud of me. My mom and my sisters like, wow, you've got a real job. And even when I left that behind, it was like, you know what, I want to start my own business. I don't want to do this anymore. And I started making five to 20 times more money. They still think, oh, you don't have a real job because you don't go to an office every day. So when people's definitions of career are completely different than yours, or they don't understand that you want to be in control of your own risk, it can be really challenging. You know, I, the way I see an office job is you don't have any control of your destiny because any day something can happen. The business can run into trouble, something outside of your control, and you get fired or downsized or whatever they want to call it, and you're not really in control of your destiny. That's my perception, and that's kind of why I'd rather be in control. I want If my business fails, I want it to be my fault, not someone over in accounting who made a mistake and got us sued. So what, what question can you ask about risk? Because I think for, for me, that would be really, really important. And there's, these are what I call knockout questions in a sense. Like yeah. if, they, if they're not answered the right way, then they kind of knock that person out from further consideration. What would, how would you ask something about the risk, like the way you were talking about the travel question, where you can get the real truth? I would say um, one of the things you can say is like, what would you do if you lost your job tomorrow? Yes. Kind of yes. start getting in that direction. Or what would you do if uh, – here's a really great way to do it. Future projections are super attractive where you ask a question that assumes you and her are dating in the future. So say, hey, it's six months in the future. You and me are together. I quit my job to start my own business doing, doing something that I love. Um, I'm going to take mm -hmm. a pay cut in the short term, but it's the there's a possibility that we become millionaires in the next five years. How do you, mm -hmm. what's, what do you do? What do you think? And just see what right. she says. Because one right. thing I've discovered, all of all the entrepreneurs I know, there's really, they go through two different responses when they're in a relationship. Either their wife or girlfriend is their biggest fan and biggest advocate or their biggest mm -hmm. enemy. Mm -hmm. She'll mm -hmm. either be like, wow, I'm totally supporting 100%. I know you can do it. I believe in you. Or she'll say things like, what about, but now we won't have health insurance. How are you going to support our family? What happens if, what happens if you fail? Right, all of those questions are really tough for a guy to deal with from their number one partner. If your partner is not your number one fan, it's so hard because now every time you want to make a decision, you have to talk them into it and kind of get talk them into supporting you. So half of your energy just goes towards getting your partner to support you when really the, it should be in the other direction. They should be giving you extra energy. You know, mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. my number one supporter is my girlfriend. I have I work weird hours. You know, we live in a different time zone, and all those things could be really challenging. If she wasn't willing to adapt to my lifestyle and my career, if she, you know, wanted me to be in an office every day and wanted me to work regular hours, we would really struggle. But it's like whenever I finish a podcast, you know, she has dinner waiting for me or something like that to let me know that she cares. She sits in the room. She's sitting in the room right now listening to this interview. Well, she's got her headphones on, right? But she knows just by being here, it makes me feel better. Like... I'd rather have her here just with me than have her at some job trying to make more money. It's more important for me to have that kind of support and emotional connection. And that kind of helps me do a better job. And I think that's kind of how we have a really strong team. We have that team mindset and it comes from how she responds to those things. Like, Hey, what do we do if this happens? What do we do if that happens? So we talk about those things, but we always say, you know what? We're not going to give up. We'll just keep fighting. There's a solution to every problem. That mindset is really what works well for me. And, you know, if you're a guy who is like a lawyer or something like that, then you need someone who can, when you're on a big case, not feel like you're abandoning the family. Because that's, you know, 
Every career has the different challenges you face from your relationship for when the person feels like they're being neglected. So you got to find someone who can understand what you're doing and find, and you guys can find like a connection. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out what's really important to you and figure out how to answer, ask some questions that are going to elicit that and be interesting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and strike out all the questions like, what do you do? What's your favorite color? Where did you go to school? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Because yeah. everyone else is going to be asking those same questions. And what you've said, Jonathan, is that those don't really give you any indication whether or not you'd want to go out with that person. They're, they're pretty right. useless, actually. They're just there if you haven't thought of anything else. And you should think of something else first. Yeah, people sometimes ask those questions because they want to find out if the person is like close with their family or a good family person. But then right. they're not asking the right question. What you can say is, when's the last time you talked to one of your siblings on the phone? That's when you find out how they are with their family. When's the last time you, um, you know, did something like real? Instead of asking a hypothetical, I always like to ask a real question. Like, if someone is willing to travel, I say, when was your last trip? Yes. And that gives you a really good answer. So for me, you know, I um, and I always know my answers. You know, I talked to almost everyone in my family this week. I e- I texted my mom, one of my sisters, and emailed my dad. So you know, yeah. If you really want to, if you really want to uh, figure something out quick, uh, you could ask about her dad. If she has a good relationship with her dad, then she's probably going to have good relations with men in general, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I look at other things. You know, I always one of the things that I, you know you can do is you can look see what her mom looks like and go, well, that's what she's going to look like when she's that age. You know, so. <laughs> You know, you could be like, is your mom fat? <laughs> like, what's going on? There? You know, I ask girls that a lot. Um, one of the questions I ask girls, even though I'm joking, I always go, well, is, is your, why are you so cute? Is your mom cute? And then she goes, yeah, my mom's really cute. And then I go, well, can I meet her? And you're just joking around, right? You're having a bit of fun. Obviously, you're not going to ditch your girl for her mom. But, yeah, that's kind of how you can find out a little more information. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if a girl has, like, it's just – if the girl has problems with her family, she's going to have problems, you know, that's just more challenging. That's right. It's yes. not a deal breaker for me, but you just got to kind of adapt to it. But it's cool mm-hmm. to know it up front. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's the first three minutes question, but if you're no. like, if you have kids, then you definitely want to be like, do you hate kids? You know, like that's something you want to find out right away, you know, or if you don't want to, like I lived in Tampa. So you have to ask the first question I ask every girl is, do you have any kids? Because like 90% of the girls I would meet are single moms. And, you know, if you don't want to raise someone else's kid or you're not in that mindset, you got to find that right away because for me that was a deal breaker for a long time. Now, if it is a deal breaker, you still have the rest of the time to kind of build rapport and practice your skills. So you don't want to give up on this. You yeah. just want to kind of take a, take a run at it. Yeah, well, once you know you're not interested, then you're not nervous anymore. Then it's even easier. It's much easier yeah. to be attractive to a woman you don't want than a woman you do want. So build your skill levels. You know, that's the nice thing about speed dating is that you can uh, build all those skills and have those conversations and get really good at it and remember the questions that you decide you're going to ask and ask them. Mm-hmm. The how, do you respond to, um, how do you respond to the answers? Like are you, you don't want to rapid-fire questions, right? So how do you respond to, the, to, the, to, the, to an answer that she gives you? I usually uh, – it just depends. If it's a good answer, I vibe on it. So now you're, usually you get to ask one or two questions that are good. And then you just kind of jam on that. And so you've just kind of found out something cool. So I, um, you know, it's important. The mindset's really important too. You know, before you start asking your questions, um, if you, some people approach it with, like I was talking about before, 
like a real air of desperation, like this is my one shot for true love, or I got to make this work. And I kind of approach it with, I want to see if I can get 20 out of 20 matches. Like I make it a game. And for me, anything that I approach with gamification becomes easier. As soon as I remove the, this is people judging me and deciding if I'm worthy of love and turn it into, let's just have a bit of fun and see if I can get 20 numbers. And even I never get 20 out of 20, you know, but I'm having fun. Suddenly it's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. We're just kind of messing around. I'm just having fun. So that's how I kind of get into the right mindset where then I'm just having a conversation because I'm just focused on a different goal than everyone else. My goal is really about getting the most numbers, not about anything else. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some fun questions you can ask if you want some ideas, and maybe you'll have some others. Um, and this comes from one of the uh, – it comes from an online site. You wake up in the morning and you're a dog. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> that's like that Kafka book. It's better than waking up as a cockroach, I guess. The, the, that's right. <laughs> um what's let's see what's your worst food related incident <laughs> that'd be a hard one yeah i like to ask um because i think every girl has this like what's your most embarrassing moment like let's get the, mm-hmm. let's get the worst let's get the worst out of the way first before we find out how great we are let's just break out the worst what's the most embarrassing moment of your life you know and because my sister's all read like set those teen girl magazines and that was always my yes. favorite section where they always confess. And it's always something really funny. And like, that's not that embarrassing when you're an adult. But it's like when you're 15, it's mortifying. Yeah, you were just dying. Yes. Um, what family tradition will you be sure not to carry on? It's kind of an interesting one. Yeah. You, then you can find out if they like their family or don't. Uh, that one's a little dangerous because it might be like, why are you saying not carrying on? You don't get along with your family. They might read too much into that one. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. one makes me a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. I think that could be – that's a good date question. That's a good point. If you have more time to Yeah, go that might be a good date question. Yeah. Yep. I usually say – instead, I'm like, what do you love to do? Everyone else, the next 19 guys are going to ask you about your job. So I'm not going to do that because they're going to cover that. And after the whole speed eating thing, I'm going to go talk to them and find out all about your job and your siblings. So they got that covered. What do you love to do? Like if you never had mm-hmm. to work again, what would you spend your time doing? That's the question I want answered. Hmm. Okay. How about this one? What's a movie that most people like, but you don't? I like that. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Someone might have one. I, I know I would say um, The English Patient, or there's some newer uh, newer ones, but uh, I always laugh. Some movies, uh, so many movies people like, I can't stand. So that would be easy to, easy to answer and reveal something about my character. Uh, let's see what else. You could be any animal for the next week. Um, what do you want to be and why? How's, what do you think of that one? I like that. You you like asking either or. You could be an aardvark or a or a or a seal. Which would you be or something like that, right? You like those either or questions. Yeah, yeah I like that even better because then you really put them into a box, and you can kind of find out. Um, and you can read so much in it because people are like, oh, I choose an aardvark because I'm afraid of water. Or I can't swim. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anything um, like that, right? It opens up a lot of conversational threads just by their answer and that's what i want to do i like them to give an answer and then say why why would you choose that animal you know you chose an aardvark i'd like wow you know what an aardvark is because i kind of don't um i think it's an anteater but i'm not 100 percent. i think sure. it's an anteater yeah it's an anteater that was long sound how do you okay here's an interesting one how do you start uh being awesome in the morning let's oh, God, brush your teeth with a beer 
<laughs> Another animal. If animals had a nature show about us, what would they find the most interesting about people? I like that one. That's actually really good. Um, if you had a reality, how about this one? If there's a reality TV show about your life, what would it be called? Oh, that's a great one. I'm into that. I, man, I just thought of that. I'm excited huh, about that. I'm gonna start really asking people that. Yeah. Um, or how about yeah. something like, um, what's the biggest scam you ever fell for? That's a little bit negative. Huh? No, I don't like that at all. That's going to bring up, if you ask a question um, that has a negative answer, she'll tie that emotion to you. You're anchored to that negative thing and now you're negative. So you kind of, you don't want right. to do that. You She's want to keep three it. Minutes. You want to create a really positive vibe. Your whole idea is just to have, be having fun for three minutes. So you want to have one or two really cool questions. You want to just be having a vibe and telling jokes that are really fit your personality. My feeling is when I'm telling a joke, if the person doesn't like it, they're not going to like my other jokes, you know, and I really want to find it early on. That's something I have to screen for because I have an intense sense of humor. Um, and whatever your kind of strongest part of your personality is, if you're really overbearing or if you're a really um, serious person, then you kind of want to see if they can handle being around that early on. It's better to find out after five minutes than after three months, you know. I'd rather invest as little time as possible with someone that's heavily incompatible with me. So I'm always looking for those incompatibilities early on. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially um, knockout, you, you kind of want to knock out people that are just wrong and just not waste your time and your, your mental focus. Mm -hmm. um, not that you can always tell, but sometimes you can. And if a girl doesn't laugh at your jokes, she doesn't really like you anyway. So she's not attracted to you. Yeah, she could at least fake it. But, you know, yeah. um, because, like, I one of the jokes I like to tell is sometimes when my girlfriend comes home, I'll lie on the floor and pretend I'm dead. And 99% of women would not think that's funny. And mm -hmm. she, she only falls for it half the time, but sometimes she'll reverse it on me. And then <laughs> she'll pretend to start lifting me, and then she'll fall over and pretend she's hurt. So then I'm worried that my joke went too far. So that's a special, you know, that's a special connection. Someone who can figure out the joke I'm telling and reverse it on me so that instead of them being worried that I'm dying, I'm worried that I went too far and she's dying. That's how you know that you have something really special. At least that's how I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, she should laugh at your jokes or whatever it is right off the bat. If she's attracted to you, she will. And if not, then you got a great move on. Yeah, let's just a couple more. Um, what about the most shocking thing that you ever heard from about a friend or family? That's too personal, too, too involved. Personal, too negative, too risky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep. What about favorite movies, favorite indie bands, favorite foods, no. favorite this, that? Boring. No. Boring and risky. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's not her favorite. It doesn't really have anything to do with whether you're compatible or not, and it might turn her off if your opinion is different from hers. She might think less of you, and there's really no point to that, is there? Yeah, or if she likes a movie that you think is terrible, like what could happen is you say, oh, what's your favorite movie? And then she says Stuart Little, and you start laughing, and now she hates you. And then she tells you that Stuart Little is the movie she watched after her parents got divorced, and that's how she got over it. And now you feel like a complete and total jerk, right? So yeah. I don't like anything that I don't like anything that's risky. I like to really control the conversation, so I don't ask anything where there's a possibility of like creating an awkward moment. You know, um, the other thing is like that's why I don't like to ask favorite TV shows because what happens when cause sometimes a girl will go, "Oh, I don't watch TV," and I'm like, "Oh, great," 
You know, I, I'm that's not like I don't I don't want to have the rest of this conversation. I like, get me out of here. And you know, and like, you know, I like I only watch YouTube videos. Like I, you know, sometimes you just don't want to be in that conversation. So the best thing to do is just get out of it. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing that you've never gotten tired of? No, I don't like that either. It's too open ended. It's yeah. difficult. What if the answer is sexual? It's a little bit too soon for that. It feels like you're asking for. Actually, I was thinking that it sounds like you're kind of fishing for a sexual answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there any others that you think of off the top of your head? No, I think there's more than enough good ones. There. You only need one or two. If you have two yes. questions loaded up, you're good to go. You don't need yes. 30 questions. You're not, unless you're asking a question a second, you're not going to ask them all. Yes. Well, this has been great. Um, this has really been super. I, I think we've got a lot of ground we've covered about how to do speed dating, why do speed dating, what to do before uh, when you're waiting around that can make you just sort of stand out, how to avoid it altogether and walk away with the most beautiful, wonderful girl in the batch. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dating Test Labs. Want to ask Matt and Jonathan a question? Email Matt at DatingTestLabs.com. That's Matt at DatingTestLabs.com. We'll answer your questions live on the upcoming podcast. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.